This is the Generations Broadcast. Kevin Swanson, your host with you. Also, Bill Jack from Worldview Academy with us today. And uh, the Super Bowl is coming up this weekend, Bill. It is. Yeah, I'm probably going to miss it. You know why? Yeah, I, well, uh, is it because uh, you're watching the other national pass? No, baseball nope. season's over with. Nope. No. Is it because you're a hockey fan? Nope. Okay, let's nope. see. Nope, nope, nope. Um, you've got to take care of washing your car? Nope. Oh, you got a gotta, I, you got a be, golf game. A, nope. Gonna be in church. What? Gonna be in church on Sunday, Bill. Of course. Oh. Now, sixty-seven percent of Americans are into the NFL. NFL is the American pastime. You're right. It is the number one. I, was it always the number one? No, baseball. Baseball. No was way. Considered baseball. To be the national pastime. Baseball is number two at fifty-seven percent. Sixty-seven percent of Americans are NFL fans. Fifty-seven percent of Americans are MLB fans, and fifty-three percent basketball, forty percent hockey. Hockey's pretty far down there. I think soccer is even further down the, Here, down the line. Here's what most people say about soccer. Ah. You know, they don't care. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. I made a comment on this to somebody. Uh, Non-Christians run almost everything in the world. That I mean, Hollywood, right? You got, what, 2% Christian producers maybe, and they're probably outside Hollywood. And um, Kendrick Brothers, right? Yeah. Okay. So, But they're not Hollywood. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call them Hollywood, would you? No. Okay, so now um, media, even Fox News, run by godly, evangelical, amazing <laughs> Christian people. Todd Starnes, uh, he's doing really well in Fox. Yeah. Well, you no, know, no, he's, on it, we he's, on he's on ice. He's on ice. He's on ice. Politicians, how are we doing? Polit- but, but, really but, well. but when it comes to the NFL, I mean, non Christians run everything in the world except the the plays well for the NFL yeah the plays because the quarterbacks they, they, are running they, they run running. the businesses they run the businesses well they run the businesses increasingly but yeah. on the field but but wow 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy gets engaged what six months ago and and they're excited to grow together in Christ Bill that doesn't sound like Hollywood to me no uh, here's an interview a recent interview Sports Spectrum Brock Purdy. Now, he's pretty fresh as a quarterback, and he's San Francisco 49ers quarterback, and he's heading for the Super Bowl uh, this weekend. This, this is what he said in this interview. We got the interviewer talking first. Think about different things, and so, um, yeah, just overall how God is faithful. He's never done with a story, even when you think he is, and um, yeah, that's probably the first thing that comes, comes to mind. You say God is faithful as you started to see this story sort of play out, and we talked to your mom and your dad being here and kind of going through what that journey was like for them, being drafted, making the team, getting the first start, going to the playoffs. When you think about all of the moments that God kind of orchestrated in your journey this past year, um, he remains faithful, certainly. But what was it that you learned about yourself in this process of going forward and finding and seeing all that God brought you to do? Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, one of the things that, you know, I had been reading throughout the season was, uh, Mark eight thirty four talks about Jesus is telling his disciples, if you want to follow me, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And it also talks about, um, if you try to hold on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you will save it. Mm. And so I think really that is just like, I feel like the message of the whole season with all the stuff that had happened coming in, playing, um, been having success. Um, and maintaining that success, getting to the playoffs and doing all these things that, you know, a rookie quarterback hadn't really done in NFL history. And with myself and like my mindset with it was exactly that, that verse that Jesus had told his disciples thousands of years ago. Um, all right. So 
that's not Hollywood. No, that's not Fox News. And it, and it's that's not, just and, and it sounds like it's a real deal, doesn't yeah, it? I mean, where he's it, reading the word and he's right. trying to bring the word to his life. Um, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, you agree with that? Yeah, there was depth to that that you normally don't don't hear and see. It's not. You know, I want to give Jesus thanks, and, you know, I just want to. Yeah, yeah. So know. there's a little bit more to it. I uh, thought that was interesting. 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey also, born in Castle Rock, yep. right down the street from where you live. I mean, you yep. live in Castle Rock. Yeah, I do. So Christian McCaffrey, he's the running back. Apparently, he's done really well this year. I mean, Very like, well. He's uh, led the league in scrimmage yards and touchdowns in his second season with the team en route to his appearance in Super Bowl number was 58. So uh, he's a Christian. He says, my faith is very important to me. And that's why I'm praying all the time. When you have a bunch of people chanting your name, it's important that you give the honor and glory back to the person, God, that's allowing me to do all of this. So um, that's Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Actually, his father, it may be a reason why they named him Christian. Yeah, could be. Ed Ed, Ed lived in Castle Rock. He was a Bronco player for many years. Okay. And he was outspoken about his faith as well. Okay, so he's a Christian as well. So this is multi-generational. Christian McCaffrey went to Valor. Valor Christian. Of course, that doesn't necessarily mean much, but uh, also Patrick Mahomes, which is the other quarterback. So we had two quarterbacks again this year. Both of them acknowledge to be Christians. Patrick Mahomes, I think people roll their eyes just a wee bit, just a wee bit. <laughs> well, second year of the, the reason, Super Bowl, part of the he reason likes is he's beer. on every commercial well, you've ever seen, and, and he likes beer a lot. <laughs> it's just so, he's just everywhere. Some so indications people, people are. It's like a Taylor Swift moment. I mean, yeah, they've had it with with Mahomes. They've had it with Swift, and so that's the problem. Yeah, but let's just let's just listen to this. Uh, interview that he just did it's pretty recent i believe with uh, faith on the field so here's just a piece of what patrick mahomes said about his faith uh not quite as much you're not going to catch quite as much conviction listen spiritually in, in your faith the past few years what has that journey been like for you that walk with the lord um i think it's 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 kind of it, it's like anyone's uh walk with the lord in their faith i mean it's um there's been highs and there's been lows and i think uh i've learned a ton over these last few years, especially about um, my relationship with him. Um, and I mean, I was baptized when I was 14 years old. Um, and I, I've kind of, I would say I've kind of distanced myself over those next few years. Um, but I've been able to kind of come back and and really develop this relationship that's been able to let me go out there and play free and not worry about the moment of the success or the failure, but just play with um a joy for just being able to have the opportunity and being able to have this platform. Um, and so that that's been my walk and I'll continue to, to walk and do whatever I can to strengthen my relationship with them. All right. So that's the uh, interview with Patrick Mahomes. Um, kind of sort of half a uh, getting back right with the Lord, you know, I mean, it's right. And it's it, pretty I mean, hard to know exactly where this guy is, but uh, everybody's on a journey and, uh-huh. and it sounds like that he drifted, yeah. but he's being drawn back. I mean, by his own admission. And so the element of faith in, in both of these quarterbacks is a significant aspect that, uh, that media is either trying to ignore or trying to highlight. Well, it's a post-Christian age, and the post-Christians dominate everywhere. Europe, America, e- Canada. Even I mean, the NFL, because they're trying yeah. to suppress this. They're yep. trying to squelch this. Yep. They tried the LGBTQ thing pretty hard. They did. Mm-hmm. They, they tried the woke wo- thing. They couldn't quite woke it. Uh, they, they, they couldn't did, quite woke you know. it. So, well, I want to comment on this uh, 
Christian view of sports in general, but also what do we think of this? That next on Generations. We've seen it, folks. God is working in the hearts of dads and sons, and he's turning the hearts, turning the hearts of fathers back to the sons and the hearts of sons back to the fathers and turning us all back to God. That's what we're looking for, and that's the theme of the Father-Son Retreat we've been sponsoring out here in the mountains of Colorado for the last 20 years, and I've been part of this for all this time. Now, God has done amazing things through the years. Uh, I've seen it. 350 dads and sons getting into God's Word together. Nothing like it. Camaraderie, brothers on brothers. It's a band of brothers coming together. Powerful talks, prayer, father-son walks and talks, meaningful engagement. It's almost going without saying that dads and sons don't get enough time together. And hey, we don't get enough time out in God's nature playing games and going for hikes in God's fresh air. And we don't get quite enough time in God's Word either. So don't miss this year's father-son retreats this August in the Colorado Rockies up in the Sangre de Cristo Mountains. Check it out at coloradofatherson.com and register today and be one of the first 125 people to sign up and save $100 per father and son. Secure your spot with the biggest discount available right now at coloradofatherson.com. And we're back on Generations. This is Kevin Swanson. And Bill, I find it remarkable that so many quarterbacks and leading team members of the NFL are professing Christians here. Just so few actors, so few politicians. Supreme Court of the United States, I don't think there's a single evangelical Christian there. But here, uh, PopTheology.com reported recently that three-quarters of the quarterbacks in the NFL were evangelical Christians. Three-quarters. <laughs> That's doing better than the Supreme Court of the United States. That's doing better than uh, evangelicalism in the, in the culture. Uh, that's probably true, right? <laughs> so what's going on here? There's apparently something of a revival going on in the, in the NFL. Uh, phenomenal. Truly phenomenal. A couple ideas here. I think it takes a great deal of personal discipline to succeed in sports, and some of the best mentorships I know of come from coaches. So I know coaches make a difference. I, I know they do in, in high school and college. And I know that there are a lot of discipling ministries going on. In fact, I interviewed somebody who was, um, I wrote a book called The Power of One-on-One Discipleship. One of the best interviews I ever did. Jim Stump was the guy's name from Sports Challenge. This brother mentored football players. He's a really short guy. It was funny. as I think he's like five foot two or something. He was, uh, he spent 35 years at Stanford University discipling football players. <laughs> His name was Jim Stump, but yeah. he, he discipled 300 football players uh, over, you say, 30, 35 years. And, um, and he told me not one of them departed from the faith. They actually go out and they disciple others. That's what Jim Stump told me. I was one of the most encouraging uh, interviews I've ever done because I know discipleship and mentorship. I mean, how many, how many times you hear that from me? That, right. that is the key. That is what we need to be doing. And uh, that happens a fair amount on some of these campuses. Yep. So that's number one. And again, I do think it does take a certain amount of, of character to make it. I mean, think about players that give way to licentiousness. They don't last very long. Think of Magic Johnson or Tiger Woods. You know, I mean, they give away to licentiousness and they're gone. Um, crash and burn, literally, mm-hmm. if you're Tiger Woods. Remember that? Right. I mean, he gave way to idol- idol- adultery. Right. And his relationship with his wife went on ice, and then he backed that 
SUV into a tree or whatever it was. And that was the end of it. Yeah. I mean, think about how quickly these guys crash and burn. And we live in a very undisciplined age and that just doesn't work for professional sports. I mean, that's one point that needs to be made, at least if you want to be in professional sports for more than three years at a time. Listen to what the apostle Paul says. Uh, Everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. That's it. If you compete for the prize, it's temperate in all things. But what's interesting in this passage, 1 Corinthians 9, Paul applies it not just to the spiritual, but to the physical, his own material body. Listen to what he says. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run not with uncertainty. Thus, I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So my point is that, there's something about professional sports that you have to stay on the fine edge. You have to be disciplined. Character plays in. And at some point, so does faith. Now, the faith could be in oneself or in God. So again, there's a tension sometimes between being self-confident and God-confident. Some of these men, they come across as if they are God-confident, that they do right. look to God. Right. You, you see that? And there you see these interviews from time to time? Yeah. And so the, you see this 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 really clear divide in, in professional sports between those who are self-centered and those who are God-centered. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it may be Emma Holmes, who is his, he sounds a bit lukewarm, mm-hmm. as you pointed out, yeah. uh, but he acknowledges his faith, mm-hmm. which, you which, know. That in and of itself in and takes of itself a in guts position in, 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 this, in this day and age. You're right. Yeah. So, so the fact that they are willing to stand up and acknowledge themselves to be servants of Jesus Christ is uh, is something it right. is isn't it especially in that atmosphere which where in which it is it is uh they try to suppress it now there are different reasons why people discipline themselves some for fame and fortune here and now and some to run the spiritual race as paul said in first corinthians 9 now there's a catch 22 here in sports now listen and i think this applies to everything in life bill the more successful you are the stronger the temptation to be proud. Now, you understand what I'm talking about here. Right. But what happens with pride? Pride comes before the fall. Right. So, so, so the, the intelligent or the thoughtful or the, the athlete that is thinking, you know, I want to last in this business for more than two and a half years. They have to be very careful with pride. You do because you know that pride will cause you to overcompensate. And inevitably, the principle applies, right? The haughty spirit before a fall, pride before destruction. It's going to happen. So the perspective needs to stay on this. What do you have that has not been given to you and could be taken away from you just as quickly? Does that make sense? I think of the same thing as as I pursue my various endeavors. And, you know, you might gain a little success here and there, but then you fall on your face over and over again anyway. But... But it's easy to give way to pride on successes. Does it make sense? Well, it's the chief sin. Mm-hmm. We, 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 want to, we want to be recognized. We want to have fame and fortune. We want to be acknowledged. Now, one of the drawbacks I want to bring in right away to the NFL is they do play on Sundays and leave people with the impression sometimes that church doesn't matter. And that, to me, is a drawback. And I think we need to state it. Uh, and there's a problem in America today. You've been on the streets, right, Bill? People say, well, yeah, 
I'm a Christian. I just don't go to church. Right. I just, you know, I'm a Christian. Just church is filled with hypocrites. I'm the good guy, and all these other people are the right. bad guy. And the bars are not filled with hypocrites. Sports no, no, no. Bar, the sports, sports bars, bars are, are doing not, great. Not I mean, yeah, they're all good people down there, right? Yeah. You know, you know what's interesting is I, I recall that uh, I attended church with uh, with one of the Bronco assistant coaches years ago. Okay. And on home game day, he and his family were in church on Sunday morning. Oh, really? Okay. And on Sunday evening after the game. Oh, really? So he'd come back on Sunday He'd evening. come back after well, the game on Sunday well, What evening. I would pay for a family that would come to a Sunday evening service today. I mean, <laughs> wow. That's but, I mean, huge. That, that's huge. It was, it was a commitment. And, and he, I recall that he was asked by players who were Christians, because they, they, he was very outspoken about his faith. They said, you know, is it more important to walk your walk or talk your talk as a Christian? Mm-hmm. You know, because we're, we're hearing Brock Purdy, we're hearing, you know, Mahomes talk about their faith, you know, but is it more important to walk your walk or talk your talk? And his answer is insightful. He said, you know, I'll be happy to answer that if you first tell me which wing on a Boeing 747 is more, more important, mm-hmm. the right wing or the left wing. <laughs> right, exactly. We do both. Uh-huh. We speak, right. but we also live. Mm-hmm. differently than the world around us. Yeah, and good. what you're saying is, is that our culture has blurred the lines on that. Mm-hmm. We, we no longer live differently. We no longer look much different than what the world looks like. Sports. Sports is, is legit. It's okay. Sports is all right. It's a metaphor for running the Christian race, the spiritual race, or fighting the spiritual battle. Paul uses the metaphors. Sports is a metaphor. For warfare. And to some extent, I think it keeps the nations and the men of the nations from real fighting where people actually get killed. So I think there's actually a common grace element to sports. Mm-hmm. Spectator sports can be a waste of time and idolatrous for some guys. And so you've got to be aware of these sorts of things. But here's the question I want to end on is sports betting. It's an article that just appeared in the ChristianPost.com. I think it was Lifeway Research did the uh, survey and found uh, out of 1,004 pastors, uh, 13% support the legalization of sports betting. Um, 55% consider the practice morally objectionable. Evangelical pastors, 62%. Uh, 50% of mainline pastors see sports gambling as morally wrong. Baptists, 65%. Lutherans, 42%. Presbyterian Reformed Churches, 46%. Well, the question I have is, would Jesus gamble? <laughs> Would Jesus gamble? Uh, of course, there's a lot to be said. And you look at the articles and, you know, they all say pretty much the same thing. Gambling is addictive. It's idolatrous, renders a focus on money and the love of money is the root of all evil. Gambling can get a rich, get rich quick scheme, which is wrong. And gambling can be a waste of time. Gambling makes money off of others' losses. It's not a win-win scheme. It's a win-lose-lose-lose scheme. Um, but there is no explicit scripture outlawing or banning gambling right there there you don't, know don't lie don't steal mm-hmm. but there's no nothing against uh, against gambling right and it goes back to the difference between a creationist mindset and an evolutionary mindset the idea of gambling is there is only so much wealth out there and the way you get rich is by being lucky do you feel lucky punk Mm-hmm. Okay, remember that line? Mm-hmm. But you only, it's all by chance, which is an evolutionary concept. A creationist mindset says you take what is around you, you mix it with your mind and your body, and you produce and create wealth. Wealth is not discovered, wealth is created. That's the difference between an evolutionary mindset and a creationist mindset. 
And when it comes to gambling, it is a especially a, a state-supported gaming. Mm-hmm. That is a tax on the poor. Pretty rough, yeah. yeah. Pretty pretty rough, yeah. Uh, obviously, taking risks is not a sin, but but the rest of it is a sin. People say, "Well, is risking something? Investments aren't a ri- are, are yeah." Sinful. Playing the stock market is a risk. Entrepreneurship a risk, is yeah. a risk, but it's not a sin. Ministry is a risk, but it's not a sin. I mean, right. you know, you risk your life when you do a street ministry and you know, Addis Ababa or maybe Saudi Arabia somewhere. So what is the best investment of your money and time is really, I think the best question to ask. And will we yield a win-win solution? And and that of course is what industry does. When we invest, we want, we're achieving, or our motive is to see a win-win solution Mm -hmm. uh, for those who are purchasing product and those who are creating the product. But Jesus condemns a servant for being a wicked and unprofitable servant because he did not invest his talents wisely. And to me, this is probably the passage that really instructs us more than anything else. It, I mean, it seems really severe on this Matthew 25 passage that, right. you know, hey, you're a wicked and unprofitable. Sir. And then he s- throws them into the torturers or something. I can't remember exactly, but it sounded a lot like hell is what it sounded like. So it's not not not, not necessarily a good thing. Now, of course, what, what underlies all of that was his relationship with the master. So that was really key. Saw the master as a hard man and so forth. So, but he still, he's concerned about all of us investing our talents wisely. And so what we need to be asking ourselves is what would be a wise investment? We will give account. The master seems interested in how we steward the time, the talents, and the resources that he gives each of us. And so again, that determines what we do in terms of sports betting. And by the way, what we do in terms of our time. And what we're doing on on Sunday morning, are we going to church or are we prioritizing the Super Bowl? Uh, Again, what are we doing with our time? Now, I realize there are times for R&R. I get that. But fundamentally, why are we here? God's given us time, resources, and uh, and money. So how are we investing that? And gambling is driven by envy and greed. Yeah. Okay, there's only be, so much wealth out there, yep, yep. and if I get it, then you don't. That's right. That's right. And, it's a win-lose. And whereas yep. when you invest in a in a company or a product, mm-hmm. you want to benefit society, you want to benefit others, and in response, you accumulate wealth with which you are to be generous and charitable in promoting the gospel. Mm-hmm. We, we create wealth as Christians for that purpose, to further the kingdom. We provide for our families, and we further the kingdom. But the 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 pure capitalist or the the gambler just wants to accumulate for himself, and it's driven by greed. Mm-hmm. And the lottery is driven by envy. So state lotteries are evil. The government's role is to is to further good and to punish evil. Now, is it good to encourage people to waste their money? Yeah. No, it's good to encourage people to save their money. Right. So state-run lotteries should be done away with. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up this edition of the Generations Broadcast, friends. Get a copy of my book, Epoch, The Rise and Fall of the West. We've got a brand new edition, hot off the press, added chapter seven, whole different chapter and uh, have completed the book, Epoch, The Rise and Fall of the West, now available for the very first time for your purchase at generations.org. So if you do not have a copy of that, you want the updated copy uh, with the uh, forward from Pastor John MacArthur, by the way, that's all there right now in the hot off the press edition of Epoch, The Rise and Fall 
of the West, available at generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.